the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. You found Financial Food for Thought. Got Mark Donnelly and Carrie Waddell. A couple of weeks before the big day. Carrie, mm-hmm. do you get, do you now, do you, are you getting a Christmas tree? Have you gotten oh, no, a Christmas yeah, tree? Oh, no, yeah. My son put it up Thanksgiving for me. Live yeah. tree? or uh, No, we have an artificial. The people who moved in before, we have a 15-foot wow. tree. That, that costs you left. some bucks on a live one, 15 feet. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sure an artificial now. No, they left it because it couldn't fit in their new home, and we put it up periodically because it's a project. All right, so let's talk about, let, you know, we're, we're dealing with Inflation Nation, Carrie, right, mm-hmm. all year, and we got some inflation data this week. The Federal Reserve did not raise interest rates this week, so there's a lot of news there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people care, you know, are talking about, you know, uh, rumor is that there's going to be a Fed pivot party in 1920 or 2024, 2024, right? Everybody's invited, Carrie. Stocks, bonds, muni bonds. You know, the the question to the audience, are you planning to RSVP to the Fed's pivot party or are you going to skip the party and stay home in cash? Hmm. Um, So we'll talk a little bit about that and what the Fed put is all about. Okay. Back to the inflation agent. So let's look at the Christmas tree inflation barometer, Carrie, right? Okay. Um, So they're saying that for 2023, um, it's probably across the country about a 10% increase. Okay, well. In trees. Um, You're saying the real ones because. The real ones, right. Artificial has gone up quite a bit too. They've gone up as well. A lot. A lot. Because I looked at it and I was like, nope. (laughs) Okay, so most of the Christmas trees. In this country, are grown, you know, the Christmas tree, the the big Christmas tree, right? Oregon, Washington, Michigan, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Wisconsin. Those are the biggies. Okay. And most of the growers say, yeah, they have costs, you know, the oh yeah, ever from fertilizer to transportation costs, you know, across the gambit. Um, so, but a lot of them are saying they're going to try to eat the costs and not pass that on at the wholesale. Um, but other ones are saying, you know, it could be 5 to 15% increases. Um, so, you know, 
we went out and got ours. You know, we went to the local big box store, right? Okay. Uh, oh, that, you get a real? Yeah. Okay. Um, and they say that, yeah, you probably get it's a little bit cheaper probably at a big box store than the pop up. Oh, or the, or the tree local tree farms. Well, if you're cutting down your own, you're going to get a break, right? Um, or yeah, but but the pop up ones, a lot of times those are associated with some type of charitable, you know, like you know, donation or something. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, as a matter of fact, if you do go to one of those, uh, ask for a detailed receipt to try to figure out if they can tell you. I don't know if they, this is this is a national story. Okay. I don't know if they're doing that a local around Cleveland, but if you can kind of prove how much of what your cost went to the tree is really for the charity. Oh, you may be able to deduct it. Okay, uh, it seems like a little. I don't like think trees have of... gotten that expensive that you have to worry about that. And of course, the the main cost driver is the height of a real tree. Right, because usually it's per foot. Like a lot of times, like if they're right. this size and right, right. So you know, a lot of times. So I think, uh, but I think this Cleveland area it is cheaper. So I at my local big box store, right? So the, my tree was considered. Uh, we went with the Douglas fir this year. Okay, those smell good. Um, yeah, they're not the the balsam fir. I think is the most fragrant. But right, but the Douglas, Douglas is yeah, not. and the Fraser fir. The Fraser fir is a little bit more expensive, and it's a different type of needle. Right. Um, the Fraser fir is is more sturdy to hang the ornaments. Right. But the Douglas fir is famous for its perfectly perfectly the shape of it. Cone, uh, yeah, yeah, cone shape. Um. But in either case, so my tree was considered under eight feet. So it was like seven feet to under eight feet. Um, And, and, you know, and and I can't remember what I paid last year. But this year, uh, you know, Carrie, you want to throw out any prices? Uh, I'd say 79 bucks. Not bad, Carrie. 72, 98. Okay. But then I had to get some lights. Oh, you didn't use the ones from, or they well, went Well, I, I just, like, I have a bunch of, like, old, old lights that, yeah. you know, some of them don't work or whatever, and I'm kind of, you know, my kids are getting these, you know, LED things yeah. that, you know, it's more like a a, a show, you right. know, so I went with that this okay. year, so, so I needed, uh, so my light, or my tree, it actually came with instructions on how many ornaments I should be hanging on it, as well as how many well, lights. Well, depends on how, yeah. And... So it, and so for this tree, it said hang 140 to 160 ornaments. My wife was like, "What? Well, are you freaking kidding me? I may hang, you know." I it mean, depends on like what other. I don't but know. the lights, okay. So then it was, it was it, it recommended lights for this size tree, seven to eight hundred. Okay, yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a lots of lights kind of. Okay, so I I so I went out and got the LED. I got three strings of 200. I said that's as far as I'm going because that only set me back 90 bucks. All right. Um, so, but the, the lights will be there forever, and they right. You know, and the and, LED ones will hopefully last longer. Yeah, and it's got all. It's got you know thirty two different options or whatever that I need all of them. Right. Um, but anyway, so so how are you? You know, so we can say that yes, I guess Christmas trees um, have also you know been caught up in this inflation. Now, like I said, we did get. CPI data this this week, and it's again showing that inflation has peaked and on its way down. Um, so, if you want to look at headline CPI, it came in at annualized three point one percent. 
Okay. Um, not at the Fed's 2%, but certainly okay. a lot better than what the year started at an annual rate of, you know, 6.5%, right? Okay. Um, and if on the monthly, it barely uh, went up. I mean, it, the, 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 the experts were looking at a flat monthly, meaning okay. no inflation in the last 30 days. It went up 0.1%. So, I mean, okay. that's not too far. Now, a lot of people, you know, the Federal Reserve, and, and I always say the adults in the room look at core and and because they think that's more realistic when you exclude food and energy. Now, a lot of people, though, carry complain about that because they say, oh, how can you look at core? Because I do have to buy food and, and right. gas, right? So, but, all right, well, does everybody realize that core CPI is running hotter than than headline CPI or right now? It really doesn't matter. It's what, it comes back down to what am I spending and what choices I'm making. Right. So core CPI came in at 4%. Okay. Annualized, almost one percentage point more than headline. So you know that's why we're saying so you, you can't flip flop back and forth. Whether you use three or four percent, but maybe the better idea is figure out your own personal right. inflation, and that's what we certainly do for our clients. Um, all right, so we'll we'll we'll, we'll look at um, and, and retail sales came in strong too. So we'll look at we'll look at some of the the uh, like I said, we'll talk a little bit about this Fed put or the Fed pivot party. Um, we'll talk about, also, this is a time of year, and, and on these recent shows, you can always go back and listen to the podcast. Carrie will give you the, the information on that here in a minute. But um, we've been talking about what we call the estate planning team year-end planning. Mm-hmm. Okay, And it, it gets back to the idea of, you know, st- and, and, and specifically, Carrie, I think what we have seen, now we've been working for 36 years, right? It's always the same thing, though. It's always the transition that we have to take our new clients if they're if they're coming to us before they retire, mm-hmm. and maybe it's the idea of not, you know when can I retire, right? Um, but it's also Carrie. Don't we have to kind of help them get through that next phase? In other words, is when you're going from the accumulation phase into what we call the distribution phase. Mm-hmm. And that's where we get a lot of comments back from new clients. It's like, well, I don't feel wealthy. Right. Or I'm going to keep working because I need the cash flow. Like I talked to someone a couple weeks ago. They want to retire sometime in 2024, but they're probably going to have to work the whole year because I need the cash flow because I don't have a cash reserve and I don't know how I'm going to get you know, the money that right. I need for expenses. Because, and I was right. like looking at their assets saying, you know, they have a million and a half in IRAs and company plans and saying, well, time you to turn that into assets. cash. Flow. You know, the point was to save, save, save. And I think it's hard to change that mindset of, and people can't see it in their head. And we run into it all the time is how do I create the cash flow I need? Do you realize like maybe you want to take it from different buckets? If you have a Roth, if you have a, IRA, do you have non-qualified, whatever it is to create income that you need for your spending and do it as tax efficiently as possible. And I think a lot of people don't know the how of that. And that's what we do for our clients. Right. And and part of that is getting to what sometimes we call retirement ruts, mm-hmm. where, and, where you fall into it and you just do the same thing year after year after year. Because you you don't know any differently, right? right. Um, 
And and so we'll talk a little bit about that today. That that year end planning template, so to speak, right. right? Where you know it's it's the idea that you've got to stay active. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know doing a financial plan isn't something where you do it once. You print out the Monte Carlo thirty page report and it goes into the sock drawer, never to see light of day again. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that's really not what financial planning is all about. Right. Um, it's a much more active where you're anticipating future events and and usually you're anticipating a worst case scenario to give you peace of mind that if you plan for the worst and hope for the best that type of concept right but it's that idea that you know it's 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 looking at this you know you're going through the same process um kind of you know just like you would anything else on a calendar year you know the different seasons and well, what are you doing and if we, if we break down the financial year into quarters what are you doing in the first quarter the second quarter the third quarter and the fourth quarter is what we're talking about year end planning and um so i'll i'll, t- I'll try to do that. and and it's that it's also the idea that you know what you did last year in terms of financial planning, might not be what you do this year mm-hmm. and might not be what you do next year. That's a rut people get into. Right. They just do the same thing. I, you know, and we'll talk about examples. Right. Of and that. they miss opportunities. But I, I, you know, we constantly hear that people aren't spending or they're they're working longer than they need to because they don't know how and that's what we do at the estate planning team for people is give you clarity of you've worked hard for these assets it's about time that you use it and spend it and have the lifestyle that you'd like to have and um that's what we do um for our clients at the estate planning team we've been doing it for more than 36 years now the estate planning team sponsors this program financial food for thought and we've been helping people who are working or who are already in retirement know what steps to take and strategies to use to protect their long-term financial stability how to use opportunities in the complicated tax code how to avoid potential traps um we also look at timing of social security helping people with pension elections are you underspending overspending and just all the areas of your financial life and addressing concerns you may have about inflation and market volatility and um, other financial disruptors, whether it's a long-term care stay or premature death of a spouse, whatever it may be, um, we may be able to help you. And we do offer a free, no obligation, no pressure consultation by phone or in person. We're still scheduling. We only have a few openings left this year, and we're scheduling the first quarter of 2024. If you want to start the new year outright and get on the calendar, like I said, by phone or in person, we run preliminary analysis to see if we can help you. If we can't help you, we'll let you know. Um, We don't do investments. Um, What we do is look at our clients' assets in terms of risk growth and tax efficiency. So if you already have an investment advisor, great. If you do the investments on your own, great. If you have a company plan, great. We're not going to tell you to move it. Um, That's not what we do. We do the modeling and number crunching, and we are an Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. We have affordable hourly and comprehensive retainer fees for people who need a little bit or a lot of help. So start the new year off right, even if you're not ready right now, and you can take advantage of a free consultation. If you call now, we're not in the office. But you can leave a message and we will get back to you on Monday or you can visit our website and on the website there's a contact us for a free consultation. Um, You can listen to our podcast. We have 
newsletter, which I announced a couple of weeks ago, we have a new newsletter, which I send out weekly now, and it incorporates articles from Barron's, Forbes, the Wall Street Journal, and lots of good resources that typically people have to pay for. And we try to keep people up to date on financial news. So you can sign it up, no cost for that, but it just keeps you informed as issues come away from some great resources. And that's 440-239-2090. Again, 440-239-2090 or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. And you're listening to Carrie Waddell and Mark Donnelly. We are co-owners of the estate planning team. Right. And we've been helping Cleveland families buy Christmas trees budgets for the Mm -hmm. last 36 years. All right. 52% Carrie purchased an artificial tree. Okay. For under $200. Ooh. Okay. Okay. They were pricey. I was just... 27% purchased an artificial tree between $200 and $400. Okay, that was my mom this year. She bought a new one. Between those prices? I think it was like $399. And 23% are purchasing trees, real trees, you know, between that $80 to $100. So uh, so how many trees were sold? So in 2022 in the country, Mm -hmm. there were 22.3 million live trees sold. Okay, at an average cost of eighty dollars. Okay. okay, so um, now this year they're thinking the trees that there's going to be between twenty five and thirty million sold. Okay, Carrie, I think I think that additional five million increase is directly correlated to President Biden's open border policy that now oh. supplies a, a Christmas tree for every illegal immigrant or housing uh, on what? taxpayers' dime. No, okay, oh, I'm, 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 I was going to say, oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. All right. Um, and of course, you know, the, every, what they keep telling everyone, if you're trying to keep the cost down, keep the height of the tree down. Right. Um, or just reuse the one you have next year and throw some extra lights and well, that's the artificial. I'm talking about the real. Oh, yeah. No, I'm saying keep your I've artificial. I've tried to keep the real one for a year, Carrie, oh, but no. that's hard to do. But the artificial, well, you could keep the one in the pot, Mark. I've seen people get those the, um, that you could. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, they give suggestions like, well, buy the smaller tree and put it up on a stand. Up. Uh, you know, right. that gets a little dicey. It better be a pretty stable stand. But yeah, some people don't want, or just splurge and cut costs somewhere else, I say, if you're, um, especially a lot of people love their trees. So yeah. so so we'll see how they go. I mean, it is, it is, uh, and if you really want to lower you, the price, buy it the day after Christmas. I was going to say, or even if you, a lot of times the day, a couple days before Christmas, mm, they start dropping. I've seen at least some maybe. of the local farms they say that the have most, a lot of cut ones, because I live in Medina County, right. so a lot of those farms Starts closer dropping. to, yeah, because uh, yeah, they've sense. already cut them. I mean, they have ones you can go pick, but there's a lot of ones they pre-cut if you just want to walk in and pick. They say the, the one, the day that they get sold the most, which is probably also the highest price, is Cyber Monday. I would think it'd be like the weekend after Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, so what I I would think because I would think a, who with work I don't want to go pick out a tree after work. Yeah, and, just, yeah, know. it's right. I mean, Thanksgiving I'd weekend's rather, usually busy, but mm-hmm. they say yeah. Um, but I guess if you're buy, paying that much for a live tree, you want it around for a while, you know? Yeah, I, mean? I would too. I wouldn't want to get it and then um, the. Um, you know what I remember about live trees? Yeah, they're great. But I remember as a kid stepping on those needles when they drop. That and, and, and the and the sap, the sticky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do you remember the the? We're way off subject here, okay? Right. But remember the Christmas vacation 
Remember when uh, was Chevy Chevy Chase? Yeah, remember yeah. he was he was got the tree, and remember he had sap on for the rest of the oh, night. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he touched, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the lamp or whatever was, was sticking. That was hilarious. All right, yeah, I think the last time I got a live tree, I had one of my dogs decided to mark it, so we were like, no more live well, tree. Apparently, my my daughter, I haven't seen them yet, but she said there's a ton of. Uh, YouTube videos with the cats climbing. Oh, my kids right? used to like even my artificial. I had two cats over the year. I've I've had several. Will come and sit in the tree, so I always had to weight it down on the branches. Yeah, I, in my lifetime, I only remember one time where we had a a, a small enough cat kitten that at the time that actually climbed the trees. I even had some big ones. That's why we had to weigh it. But I, my cats now won't touch it. My cat loves it. My current cat loves the tree. I oh, mean, it I won't bet. leave the bottom of it. But it oh, doesn't yeah. climb it. Um, At least it doesn't lift its leg on it either. No, no. <laughs> not that I. <laughs> that was the last remember. time I got a live tree, Mark. Okay, so let's talk about the Fed put. Okay. Um, and all right, so it, it's the concept that um, you know. Would uh, some people believe that the Federal Reserve, all right, will will eventually make changes to prevent the stock market from crashing? Okay. Okay. Um, so it's like the Fed put is an unofficial policy which refers to the belief that the Federal Reserve will take necessary measures such as lowering interest rates or implementing quantitative easing to support the economy and prevent substantial market declines. All right. Um, and that is what a lot of people are thinking that when, you know, the Federal Reserve, Chairman Powell came out this week and he didn't say, you know, he didn't claim, you know, successful soft landing, but he kind of led everyone to believe that they're probably done raising interest rates. He's saying it's not completely off the table, but, he, you know, most of the, uh, you know, the committee in their own personal beliefs, which doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. But most of them the, the, are saying that they expect that the Fed will be cutting rates by the end of next year. Okay. All right. Um, so that's where, you know, and, and, you, and, and by in that day, remember the market, all the markets jumped after that right. afternoon meeting. Um, and, you know, you, you've had and it's been, a, you know, it's been a pretty successful year in the market. Um, so it's um, so you could go back in history and, and, and check things. So here's, um, you know, after Black Monday, you know, the market crashed in 87. The Dow fell over 22 percent that day. Um, President, you know, Federal Reserve President at the time, Alan Greenspan, issued a one sentence response. The Federal Reserve, consistent with its responsibilities as a nation's central bank, affirmed today its readiness to serve as a source of liquidity, support the economic and financial system. Um, so, you know, it, there, there's been some history of, of that happening. Um, now, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, uh, experts, so to speak, or, the, you know, the, the economists and stuff saying that some people think the Fed's going to cut interest rates four times next year. Um, that's you know, a little aggressive. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen, um, but we'll see. Um, so, 
that's so that's what a lot of people are saying now we can look at so how is the the market boating up so you, you can look at all these and again as you mentioned earlier we don't manage assets for our clients um, but it, it's just the idea that there's a lot of Cassandras out there saying the world's ending. And, and of course, you've always heard it's hard to time the market. And it, it, it goes again, again right now. I, I mean, when you, when you look at this year's returns, it, you know, it's been a slow, gradual, but going straight up. In other words, as of, you know, we're taping this show on Friday, uh, you know, I, you know, I think the S&P year to date, is up close to 23%, Carrie. Wow. Um, the Dow Jones is up in double digits, around 12%. Gold is matching the Dow. Gold's up about 11 to 12% year to date. Okay. The NASDAQ, you know, is up 41%. Um, you know, and, but yet in all that, or it's so far, it's been, it really hasn't been volatile. Mm-hmm. You know, I always keep track of what I, how Mark Donnelly keeps track of volatility right. is how many, Entered, you know, in any one day, did the S and P five hundred close up or down more than two percentage points mm-hmm. in any one day? And I, still, I think there's only been two days in this year that that's happened. <laughs> you know, one was in January when it was up more than two percent for one day, and one was in February where it was down more than two percent one day. Outside of that, Gary, I, I mean, there's been a lot of one percent day movements, right? But but it's just been a slow, gradual upward climb. Now we did have it a stellar November, though. Mm-hmm. Right, remember I talked. Right. November was a good year in the market, right? Um, and so let's look at that because it, 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 a lot of people are saying, "Okay, um, how is it if, if November did so well?" So that that November in twenty twenty three, Carrie, the S and P five hundred was up eight point nine percent. Okay, all right, that puts it now in a new spot for the, the top 20 all-time daily or monthly okay. increases. Okay, it, it replaces October of 2022, which was up 8.6%. Okay. So that drops out. November 2023 is now in. So what, what this study said was, okay, well, so if it was such a good month, and that's why, you know, the comment about timing the market. Right. Because if you got out, you missed that. Right. Being in being in the market in November might have made or might have made your whole year, mm-hmm. even if you didn't get any percentage gain. You know, the rest of the year. Um, now, so the, what the study does is how did the S and P five hundred do in the twelve months following the month that had the the huge gain? Okay. Okay. Um, it's a kind of a weird barometer, right? Right. It's, I don't know who, I mean, it's an interesting idea, but so what the, the study, they said, okay, so we take these top 20 months in the S and P of all time. And how did the S and P do the following 12 months? Okay. So the, so the, after that, you know, big month, the S and P 500 over these 20 periods has averaged, Carrie, you want to take a guess? What? Uh, 7%. 13.23%. <laughs> okay. Um, now, so 
what else? What's also, you know, a lot of people are thinking about um, that it's an election year next year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how has the market performed in presidential election years? And there's a lot of different ways you can spin this, right? But one of them is that, um, you know, it, 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 it bodes well. It doesn't matter if it's a Democrat or Republican who the incumbent is, Carrie. Right. If the, if the presidential incumbent is going for the second term, mm-hmm. that usually bodes well for the market. Okay. Both in the third year of the first term and in the fourth year of okay. the first term. With the uh, the theory is suggesting that the, the, the current president is going to do everything possible to pump up the stock market as he's going for re-election. Okay. All right. So over the past, I don't know, 80-some years, the study says, the third year of the presidency, the S&P has averaged 16.3%. Hmm. Okay, and, and like I said, right now, the, the, the 2023 would be in that category. I mean, okay. it's above that right now. Um, you know, S&P year-to-date is over 20%. All right, but how about the fourth year? Okay. All right, um, so the fourth year, it really drops off, but it still may be okay. So in the fourth year of the presidency, who's going to go for the re-election, um, up about 6.7%. Okay. So that's not exactly a recession next year either, Carrie. No, right? not even close. Okay. Um, or a stock market crash, right? Now, we always watch the Santa Claus rally, right? Right. And that's that's one of the barometers. And and what the, what makes up the Santa Claus rally is you, you look at the last five days of the calendar year plus the first two days of the new year. Okay. All right. And see what the markets do over that seven-day period. And if over that seven-day period, you have a 1% or better gain, that bodes well that that whole next year is going to do quite well. Okay, so we're waiting for that one. Um, let's, see if there's a, let's see if there's another one. Um, there's, there's also, um, we, we're talking about the Fed put or the fed pivot carry right okay and so there's another historical trend we can follow there is how has the s&p 500 done after the fed has signaled they've stopped raising rates okay that their fed tightening process is over okay kind of back to the fed put you know kind of back to that idea right um so over the past six conclusions of federal tightening that mm-hmm. we've had, cycles, right? Um, the following six months after that, okay, the S&P has averaged 16.8%. <sighs> okay. So does that give you some hope maybe for the I guess. I, but, but you never know. It could be different this time. <laughs> it could be different. That's what we always say. What, you know, what, what happened in the past doesn't mean that's what's no. going to happen in the future. But there are certain you know, trends that are indicating that perhaps um, the, the, the market may be okay. Now, here's the point. 
it doesn't, you know, it, it, it may mean that you don't need to panic. Right. Okay. Um, right now with the Cassandras who are saying all this is going to come crashing down. Or it doesn't mean you put everything that you have back in the market because of this. Or, or that you even try to time it and say, I'm going to wait till this next economic downturn's over. Then I'm going to go back in the right. market. Um, it, you know, because if you miss these upswings, that, that can hurt. I think it's more the idea that we'll talk more today about that financial planning discipline is, is the idea that, yeah, you, you, you want to not take on more risk than what you need to be okay. And, and most of our clients, Carrie, aren't assuming that they're going to get a double digit return for the next 30 years. We're not running their financial plan based on a 10% return. All right. Um, so IE or therefore you don't need to be 100% in, you know, or the S&P 500. Um, and, but the, it's also too that you could also say, well, I'm gonna, you know, that's my base case scenario that I'm, I'm gonna have a 60 40 portfolio or a 50 50 type of risk portfolio. But I'm also gonna run a plan R just to show if we do have that economic downturn, if the federal, you know, we, there are a lot of headwinds still out there. We got two hot wars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've got inflation nation. Right. Um, there's still a lot, a lot of people say the Fed will not be able to navigate a soft landing. It's just impossible. Eventually it catches up and, and, and you, you pay the price. The pain really comes. But it, it, the idea is, okay, well then let's run your plan R and let's assume a, a a worst case scenario and then come back and say, are you still going to be okay? Right. Um, and, and that's kind of the idea. And, and it, it leads also to the idea that, um, you know, to, to protect yourself against that economic downturn because i I mean i I also you know maybe you don't believe that we're going to have a recession in 2024 Uh, a lot of people thought we were going to have one in 2023 right we talked a Mm -hmm. lot about that didn't happen maybe you're in the camp say hey i don't think it's gonna happen in 2024 all those things you just mentioned mark is gonna keep everything flowing gdp looks real strong right now uh, in America, not right. necessarily the world, but GDP looks good. Um, you know, there's a big wealth gap in this country. Retail sales came out this week. That was better mm-hmm. than expected. People are still spending. Now, maybe they're racking up credit card. We know that's right. a problem. But the idea is, hey, maybe there's enough. We're going to get through this. Right. But I also, so even if you don't believe that we're going to have a recession this year or next year, I don't know if you also believe that you'll never see another recession in your lifetime. Are you that confident? Right. Um, so our kind of thing is, that, hey, if you think that a recession is possible in the next two to three years, mm-hmm. maybe you want to go ahead and build that worst case scenario, build that plan R. Right. Just to say, hey, if it does, have, especially... If you're planning a major financial move in that same window period, okay. Number, for example, if you're planning to retire mm-hmm. in that time period, or you're planning to buy a new house, um, a new or, car, a new car to a certain level as well, yeah. Or um, you know, start off with a uh, some other large 
mm-hmm. you know, item. It could be a, a home improvement, you know, a, um, maybe it's a new house, but maybe it's a major home improvement. Right. Um, what, one of the things we, Carrie and I have learned over the years is there's no limit to what a new kitchen costs, right, Carrie? No. We've had clients that have just got like, I remember over the years they remodeled and for them it was getting new drapes and new rugs and then other people gutted their kitchen, knocked down walls. I mean, it ranges on what's important to you and how right. you feel about stuff. Yeah. So, you know, so if any of those things are happening or you're planning on having those happen and you're and but you, you don't want to be blindsided. See, this is what I mean by financial planning discipline is that you anticipate the next economic downturn mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, I'm just going to react to it when it happens. Right. Plan for the worst, hope for the best. But and, at least plan for those scenarios. Yeah, because it doesn't mean that you, you know, that you come, you know, that you go to cash with everything you have and go under the mattress with it. It just maybe means you have enough of a cash reserve mm-hmm. that if the market does go down, mm-hmm. if that's Danny Warfel, I'm not okay. here. Um, if it does go down. Okay, then we 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 have got to say, okay, I do I've got I can rely on my cash reserve and then leave time for my market positions to come back. I'm still collecting the dividends on those positions. Um I'm always been told you you're supposed to buy low and sell high, mm-hmm. not sell low. <laughs> um so that's so that's where that's how you protect yourself. So it's that combination of you know not taking on more risk than what you need to be okay. That's number one. And do you even know a lot of our people don't know how much risk they need to take on, which is what our planning gives you clarity on what growth rate do you need to make your money last? Right. Secondly is maintaining an adequate cash reserve. We talk a lot, and that's different for everybody. And if you haven't done that, we help our clients. How do we build? What's the best place to take it from? Because if you haven't done that, and, we can help. And it's a different uh, approach, whether you're still working and may lose your job of an economic downturn, the risk of that versus if your retirement and what should be mm-hmm. your, what should your uh, cash reserve be built on in retirement. You know, right. So we talk about it's a different th- theory. Um, and then also, though, build your plan R and just make sure that it, it, it gives you the peace of mind that, yeah, even if this bad thing does happen and um, I'm still going to be okay in the end. And mm-hmm. that's what's very difficult to do. It's hard to keep 20, 25, do I hear 30 years of cash flow planning in your head, especially when you add in um, compounding inflation versus economic downturns or, you know, some type of, um, you know, how much, you know, you built in for mandatory spending right. versus discretionary spending. And that's an example, you know, you don't have to do it alone. That's one thing we've done for our clients and we've been helping people more than 36 years in the greater Cleveland area and we help people who are working who are retired single um, married um, blended families divorces all kinds of dynamics we've probably seen it before and if you want to take advantage of a free consultation that we offer you can give us a call or send us an email through the website we offer a free consultation to see if we can help what value we can bring and what maybe opportunities you are missing out on are there problems you're not aware of a lot of people i you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what questions to ask um but we can at least point some things out and you're probably going to get a perspective that you hadn't seen before you can call the estate planning team at 
440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. All right, listen to Mark Daly and Kara Waddell, and we're the co-owners of the estate planning team. The estate planning team has been helping Cleveland families build these custom financial plans for over 36 years. And over the decades, over those decades, Kara, we've certainly helped a lot of clients, you know, transfer over from the accumulation working phase Mm -hmm. into a successful retirement distribution phase. And it's it, it's sometimes we feel like we, you know that it, it surprises us when when they they don't realize that they have enough to retire. Mm-hmm. And and it's it, and you've heard all the cliches before. You know, I, I I I see I'm wealthy on paper, but I don't feel wealthy. Right. Um, and usually that's coming from that idea that they they haven't put together how they're going to get their cash flow in retirement because they're so used to the idea that they've been getting a week of well, well, bi-weekly or whatever paycheck for the mm-hmm. last 30 years. Right. All right. Um, mailbox money, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, just they don't have to worry about the cash flow. You know, they know it's coming in with the paycheck. And I'm, that's not maybe not so much if you're in the start of your career, but certainly at the twilight of your career you're usually in a comfortable spot where you're saying yeah you actually see the fact that you're not living paycheck to paycheck but it's still the idea that yeah you know that 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 paycheck's pretty big how where am i going to get that when that ends right because you see the statements but it doesn't really translate to the how to do it and a lot of times if you're doing it wrong you can create more taxes cause more problems right and and then you add in these other risks that are out there, like economic downturns mm-hmm. or um, y- you know uh, emergencies, you know that y- you can you know you know and, and emergency spending needs things like that. Um, and sometimes it's not your emergency; it may be one your of your kids, kids, not yeah, grandkids. Um, now, so let's let's talk a little bit about that, Carrie. So again, back to the idea that. You, you know, one some of the things. I mean, you could talk about some surface level things. Like one of the things that comes up all the time is a, a lot of times if 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 you're in a position where you have non qualified investments, and you've always just been reinvesting any interest or dividends or capital gains that mm-hmm. those positions were kicking out to you, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot very it's often the case. Mm-hmm. Especially for those who are working, you know, because right. they don't need the, and, and, and the, their investment advisors just told them, Oh, we'll just reinvest it all for you, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, because that's, you'll get that compounding growth. Oh, mm-hmm. that sounds good. Right. Um, <clears throat> but it's also that takes up room on your tax return. Right. Okay. In terms of that interest, dividends and or capital gains. So it, when you go into retirement, Especially when we, we talk about that retirement window, maybe the those years that you are no longer bringing home wages, maybe you, you're deferring Social Security to age 70, and your required minimums may not be starting out to age 73 or perhaps age 75, you've got this window, right? And, right. and, and so a couple of things. One, yeah, you got to come up with your cash flow, mm-hmm. but also you may think, and that's a good time for me to do some Roth conversions. 
If you don't need the money for cash flow. Yeah. Or, you know, the the idea of saying, so so that's idea. Because a lot of times that's what we get into what we call this year-end planning template, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So let's kind of string some of these ideas together, Carrie, right? Um, So let's see. Um, So let's think of the template. So so the general concept here is – all right, so you, you always want to start the year with a good cash reserve. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that mean to you? Well, don't ask your neighbor. Right. You have to kind of figure this out. 25000 Carrie? It depends. I think most of our clients want it higher than that, don't you? I was going to say, but we've had ones over the years that they're fine with ten, but right? that's them. I mean. Maybe 50000 is our average client's. Maybe, yeah, and that's and some people want even higher for their peace of mind. And who cares about averages in a world of what's going to give you peace of mind? Fifty-six million people are over sixty-five in this country, right? Right. But that's the concept. So, so let's say I'm going to say twenty-five thousand. Okay, all right. So you would want to go into January with that twenty-five thousand sitting in a. In a liquid cash position. Checking savings, money market, something you can access. Okay. Now, that in, in the state planning team world, at least Mark Donnelly's world, that does not mean investments. Right. Even though I've had many clients, investment advisors over the years say, oh, don't worry, Mr. Smith, your assets are completely liquid. Well. I mean, you want to be able to, if I call today or click a button, I can get it in my account same day. Well, I don't, what, Well, and a lot of them will do that. Okay. They'll float it. But to me, completely liquid means no tax involved. Right. And it doesn't mean selling shares if the market's crashing and you're not supposed to sell low. So in our mind, it's a money market, a cash reserve. A, a, a cash, right. And, you know, and, and we don't really care how much that's earning. Right. All right. Um, but it's a lot easier to keep up a cash reserve it's, if it's at these high rates. But I don't know how longer these rates are going to, high rates, liquid, you know, high right. short-term rates are going to continue. Maybe another few months, maybe another mm-hmm. year. I don't know. Um, all right. So anyways, but but that's one of the things. It's, to us, yeah, it, it's where you can get your hands on cash pretty quickly without incurring any taxes or suffering any losses, mm-hmm. or even if even if you have gains, if, okay. if, if you're locking in gains, guess what that means, Carrie? Higher taxes, right? Because you're locking in gains. Um, so, anyways, all right. So, but so back to the the template. So you're saying that okay, my cash reserve need is is um, you know twenty five thousand. And if you're going that in the beginning year, that gives you the peace of mind or the flexibility that if you do have a, 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 a emergency expense, you don't have to sweat it out and figure out where you're going to go get the money from. Okay. You got it in your cash reserve. All right. And hopefully now when the tax return's done in April, okay, now we got more data to work with. Now we know whether you're getting a refund or owe money in April, mm-hmm. for example, right? We also now know what your previous year safe harbor is. Okay. So we can start doing some estimated tax planning. And and let's say you are of retirement and you have a required minimum. We Obviously, by then, we know what your required minimum right. distribution, because you got to do that. 
All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea there, or that concept there is saying, well, once a tax return's done, now I know, let's say, what my previous year safe harbor is for taxes. Now, you might not always want to use a previous year right. saver. That's one of the ruts I'm saying you don't want to get stuck into, even though 99% of the software that, that your CPA, your enroll agent, or you're using at home is going to put you on the previous year safe harbor because mm-hmm. the robot doesn't know any better. Right. Um, but be careful of that because you might not always want to be in the previous year's safe harbor. Mm-hmm. Some years you want to switch over and go on a current year's safe harbor. We'll talk more about that. We t- we always talk about that on this show on the on the uh, estimates, you know, with the four times a year. Next, we'll be doing that next mm-hmm. January fifteenth. You can go back to our other shows and podcasts and search for the Saturday before those estimated tax due dates, and we're usually talking about this subject. Right. But um, but anyway, so so the idea is you 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 start you know, using up your cash reserve during the first, let's say, six months of the year. And then as you get closer to the end of the year, year-end planning, fourth quarter planning, hopefully now the surprises are out of the way. Right. Hopefully we, you know whether you bought that car or didn't buy that car. Um, but now you say, okay, I want to strike and, and figure out where I am on my text. You know, where am I? Mm-hmm. How much capital gains have been realized? Um, you know, ha, you know, have I completed my required minimum or not? Uh, okay, um, and so now you come back and say, okay, I want to know, you know, how much room do I have on my tax return this year? Because I want to, you know, play the tax limbo game, mm-hmm. and maybe you know, the, the classic examples of we had many clients over the decades. When we look at this, they're in a zero tax bracket. Right. So it's like, well, why wouldn't you take out more than your required minimum if you could max out zero? That's mm-hmm. the no-brainer concept, right. right? But what's your next threshold? The 10%, the 12%, where the long 0% long-term capital gain tax rate, the first IRMA threshold, you know, that's 206000 right. for married filing joint. You know, what's your next threshold? So if, you, if you've got room, now you say, okay, I want to take out this additional money out of the IRA, even though it's no, it's not required at this point. Mm-hmm. All right. And I am going to replenish my cash reserve if it needs it. Right. So remember, 25 was the number I'm using. So let's say you use 15 of it during the year. It's down to 10. Okay. Well, I'm going to get it right back up to 25. Mm-hmm. So I want to know if I take out that fifteen thousand out of the IRA, does it? Do am I shooting myself with tax wise, or I'm still okay? Important thing to know. Now let's say it next time you're doing this, same all those same circumstances, but your cash reserve didn't go down a dime during the year. Okay, it's still at twenty five. Well, you still have the fifteen thousand dollar room or whatever, let's say, or like you have room, right? So now you may still do it, but you don't need to replenish your cash reserve. You may do a Roth conversion, right? And say, okay, I'm going to put it in a Roth IRA. It'll be tax free forever. And if we have these great gains next year, all that growth is tax free. There you go. All right, um, especially well, and that and a lot of, a lot of our clients will make that Roth conversion move after a big market drop. Right, because when it comes and something they know will come back, right. or they believe that they will, all that growth comes back tax free, and they're getting a tax discount because the shares are at a lower right. value. Because and of by the way, drop. if something happens to them, their beneficiaries get it 
tax-free. And any conversion they're doing now lowers their future required minimum distribution right. that keeps them, uh, lowers the risk of their future required minimum shooting through one of those tax thresholds. Or causing a Medicare B premium increase through the IRMA adjustment. Right. So it, it's that one thing can mean more things that's going to benefit you in the long run. And it's we don't know what's going to happen, but we're sure going to plan ahead. So if these things happen, you're in a better position. Right. Now, sometimes it's a little bit of both. Right. Maybe that the client says, well, Mark, um, okay, you're, you're my CPA and you guys, you're, you're telling me I've got room to take out $20,000 mm-hmm. um, without, you know, with maxing out whatever threshold I'm interested in maxing out. I don't need it all for my cash reserve, but I need some of it. Right. Okay. Keep some this, of it. This year you some. split it. Right. You, you, what, I need 10000 for the cash reserve. Okay. The other 10000 do the Roth conversion. See, it's, it's, it's staying out of the ruts. It's staying out of doing what you did last year was what you're going to do this year is what you're going to do next year. And I think people think with whether it's the Roth conversion or in planning that it's an all or nothing. It's yeah. usually... How much over what time frame? It's not usually a all or nothing. It's not a is it good or bad? Well, it depends. It's not there's no absolute other than probably having a plan is gonna give you clarity and give you the best results. Right. Now and, and some people don't have IRAs or have big IRA problems. So to them it may be the capital gain loss situation. Right. You know, at this time of year, you may be getting with your investment advisor and saying, hey, what are my unrealized gains or losses? Um, and maybe you want to lock in some capital gains mm-hmm. because you, you're you overweighted. You know, you're back to don't take on more risk when you'd be okay. Remember, it's okay to sell high. Right. Better than to sell low. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe you have losses you can harvest. Mm-hmm. And and take advantages that way using the opportunities in a very complicated tax code. That's what I'm. You know, this is what you need to start thinking about, which you don't normally think about when you're working in the mm-hmm. rat race. It's different getting into retirement. Right. All right, Kara, I hear the music. All right, call the estate planning team for a free consultation at four four zero two three nine twenty ninety or visit financialfoodforthought.com. Go Browns. Tune in next week for more financial food for thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.